Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the GRIT Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu, where we streamline and automate your entire business if you're in real estate. And uh, if you haven't checked out our new client portal, make sure and do that because it'll change the way you communicate with your clients forever. So to do that, just go to our website, sisu.co, and request a demo, or you can look at a recent blog that we put out. So welcome back to today's show. Super excited. Uh, Jeff Cohn is with us today. He's in the house. And Jeff, I used to spend a lot of time with Jeff, and I haven't spent a lot of time with Jeff since COVID hit. So he came out and visited me about two years ago and checked out our new offices at the time and since haven't spent a lot of time with him. So Jeff, at that time, you were making the move over to KW from Berkshire. And, yeah, that's right. Uh, Maybe you can just start right there and then we'll <laughs> dive into all these questions. Elevator speech. Thanks, awesome. thanks for joining us on the show today. Super excited to be here, Brian. Obviously, you and I have had hundreds of hours of ideation over the last couple of years, and I have a lot of respect for you as a CEO, as a founder, as well as a visionary when it comes to technology. And I think what you've done with Sisu is fascinating. What I love so much about it is it's not just real estate specific. Every business in America needs the Sisu solution. The younger generation demands it. We have to quantify and qualify everything. I've been using a quote I came up with a couple months ago, inspect what you expect or expect what you expect to never happen. And so many of us expect something, but we do nothing to follow up with that expectation. We don't train our people to do the thing we want them to do better. We don't hold them accountable to doing that thing better. We don't track if they even did it. And we expect to have change, which is obviously the definition of insanity. How many people can listen to what I just said and say, yeah, that is my biggest problem. So you right. built a product that takes care of all of that. As long as you use the product, no different than any other tool that's out there. And for me, my big belief on everything and anything I do is that it needs to save time and money. So if it's not saving people time and money, then there's no point in doing it. And there's a lot of tech out there that's cool, but yeah. it doesn't save people time and money. What Sisu has done so well is it's removed the need of having an operations manager that you pay 50 grand a year. And now your admin person making $15 an hour can simply put some inputs in once a day for five to 10 minutes. And you just removed 60 grand a year of costs and you've empowered your team to have so much more data. So yeah. obviously I know you talk a lot about the product. I'm a pretty big believer. So when I met with you, um, we were in Salt Lake in your office, that's just outside of Salt Lake. And I was getting ideas for our new office. We were building what we called pre-COVID a hybrid tech powered office of the future. And it's a residential real estate office, but it wasn't built with that in mind. It was built as a technology company that offered WeWork businesses space to rent that created, cliche word, synergistic relationships. And so yeah. translation into, we wanted a real estate office with all the ancillaries in one place. And we wanted to give the consumer the ability to choose if they wanted to go to that place physically or virtually. Six months later, COVID hits and the whole world falls apart. And I'm laughing to the bank because people are like, well, how, how are you dealing with that? What do you, are your employees coming into work? Or are you letting them work from home? We said, they have always been able to work from home. If they want to work from home, like it's all virtual. If they want it to be virtual or they can come into a physical space. Same thing with the consumer. What's the consumer doing? Well, they're coming on to Zoom calls. 
well, how, how are you guys doing that? Well, all of our rooms already were pre-wired with Aver sound bars and computers and Zoom and big 55-inch flat screen TVs. Like we had prepared for the pandemic pre-pandemic because we believed that was the future. And the pandemic has just simply accelerated our advancement in our adoption of technology by 10 years. Yes. And it couldn't have been a better timing for us. So I went from 30 agents to 150 agents over the last two years, 500% growth amidst a pandemic and political unrest, which is pretty fascinating. But the biggest success and where I spent a lot of my time and why we haven't talked for so long, uh, my time has been my one thing has been expanding ancillary businesses because I believe the commission is under attack. And I think as commissions go down across teams and brokerages across the country, a lot of agents are going to struggle to know how to make money. And so my solution to that problem is joint venturing with brokerages and agent, big, large agent teams in mortgage, title, insurance, and investing products, and then providing them the training platform to help all those people be successful through elite real estate systems, and then holding them accountable and then providing systems and strategies, including marketing, lead generation, lead conversion, contract to close services. So I still have a role, but it's more of a passive role with the real estate arm of things. And a lot of my time and energy has now been going into how do you save the industry that I think is under attack when it comes to commission. So Jeff, the one thing I didn't say in your intro and something that's always impressed me about you is you are the king of knowing how to work on your business instead of working in your business. Like you always know how to hire the right people, make sure your businesses are growing and scaling without you having to be in the day-to-day, which I, I appreciate think that. that's one of the best talents anybody could have because that's what's allowed you to, to build so many businesses like you have. So 100%, I appreciate congratulations that. on that. Yeah. And if for anyone listening to me for the first time, just so you know where I came from in 06, I got my real estate license out of college. I had an undergrad in business. I spent my first six years selling real estate full-time. I went to war. You know, I was a Navy SEAL of real estate. I fought the battles and put signs in yards and put lockboxes on and negotiated contracts and listed houses and prospected and dealt with deals over the weekend and midnight and all that stuff. And in 2011, I was making money I never dreamed of. I was, a, and I'll share it. I, I was netting 350 a year and I was in my late 20s, but I wasn't living my best life. I was spending too much time working an active role. And you just talked about how I was able to convert into passive but it's taken me a long time to learn how to do that. And I learned that if I fired myself and replaced 10 more of myself, I could make more money and less time with less energy. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to learn how to do that the first time, but then I did it again and again and again. So in 2014, I stopped selling and I grew a team called Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group from 70 to over 700 sides a year in six years. And we were the number one team in the world at Berkshire Hathaway in 2018. And then uh, we caught the attention of Gary Keller, who was the first billionaire to ever reach out to me and say, Hey, you want to come hang out? I was like, yep, I would love to do that. So we went on three separate times. I went and spent some time in Austin, but you have to remember, and I'm glad I shared before what I'm doing now. My whole focus is how do I expand this ancillary arm all across the country, across all brokerage brands. I never was married to one brokerage per se. I'm agnostic to brokerage brands. And Gary obviously shared with me some strategies of how I could implement his same strategy and helping to scale and helps, you know, the real estate industry and, That's what we've been focusing a lot of our time on. But to your point, because of leverage, I can continue to focus on the things that I'm passionate about. I can get on podcasts like this. This is what I want to do. I didn't get paid to be here today, but it's what I enjoy going, you know, hosting events is what I enjoy. Focusing on technology has been one of my, probably my greatest passions, thinking about what the world's going to look like in 10 or 20 years from now, and then starting to make changes today to pioneer and pivot, uh, to accelerate our growth. And like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about. It's exciting, exciting times to be in the business. So I want to I want to go a little deeper on these expansion businesses. So are these ancillary businesses, which are also expansion businesses, because you're building your ancillary through expansion. Mm-hmm. When you talk about ancillary, you're talking about mortgage, title, and what else? Yeah. So 
To be specific semantically, I'm talking about building an ecosystem where we serve anyone that's in our database. So anyone that's ever bought, sold, referred business to you, or anyone you think will ever buy, sell, refer business to you should be in a database. And you build a relationship with your database by communicating to it. And you communicate it to it by sending a mailer, dropping a voicemail, calling, texting, emailing, hosting events. There's lots of different ways. So when I talk ancillary, what I'm saying is actually, I would like to partner with every type of business. It can be residential, real estate, it can be any industry and engage with our database and build an ecosystem where they buy products that we make available to them. And they choose to buy those products because they know us, they like us, they trust us. This is no different than when someone banks with Wells Fargo and they get their mortgage with Wells Fargo. They now put their checking account with Wells Fargo. They put their savings account with Wells Fargo. They refi their loan with Wells Fargo. They get their insurance through Wells Fargo. We want to be that solution to the consumer. So first and foremost, the first dominoes would easily be the obvious ones. That point of sale, when someone buys a house, they need a mortgage, they need property casualty insurance, and they need title. So that's the path of least resistance. The thing that people take for granted, the people listening to the call today, most are agents. They make commission one time. That's an active role. Active is your job. Passive is your legacy. Active is your job. Passive is your, is your um, long-term income without you having to be necessary, without you having to do anything. That's a business. If a business requires you to have an active role, that's a job inside your business. My goal has been to own everything and have no active role in anything. So listen to that. My job, my goal has been to have no active job and just have passive ownership of everything. And that's, that's what everyone- That's exactly my observation, Jeff, which is why I said you're the best I know at just working on your businesses instead of in them. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's hard, you know, and it was hard for me as a top agent. I was the number one agent in Nebraska for 10 years and it's fun. And, and that's who I was. And so to remove yourself, you have to lose your identity as that thing you've created. And a lot of us have created this monster that we can't get away from. Our ego keeps us in it. Our va we validate who we are because of the success. And I know you've exited a large multi-million dollar company in the past. And I know your identity changes a little bit and you have to like rediscover yourself. And so for me, I always had to define first, what do I love? What am I passionate about? What do I want to wake up in the morning to do? And when I stopped wanting to go on a listing presentation, I removed myself. When I stopped wanting to make prospecting calls, I removed myself. When I stopped wanting to do coaching calls every day, I removed myself. But I found replacements. And are the replacements as good as me? In some cases, they're much better. In other cases, they're not as good. But they don't have to be you. No one else in the world's like you. And that's okay. And understanding that and recognizing that, I think, is key to, be able to being able to move on to the next big thing. Okay, great. So, Jeff, if I'm out there right now, I'm going... I would love to learn how Jeff's done this. So you're having an event yeah. uh, coming up. Yeah. So we show everyone everything. You know, I started a podcast in 15, Brian, and I know I, you and Spring were able to come out, got to spend some time with you guys in Omaha at one of our events years ago. And I always had a big belief that true leaders serve their followers by giving them the ability to be just like them. Well, I started to learn that as a leader, I had to improve myself to be able to give the people that followed me more value. And the way that I did that was no different than everyone listening. The difference between you and me are the books you read or listen to, the podcasts you listen to or watch, and the people that you choose to associate with and mastermind with. That's what changes who we are. And I wanted to become better. And so I started focusing tons of time and energy on visiting top teams across the country, real estate teams, and being with thought leaders like you, people in the tech space and understanding entrepreneurial ventures and formulas to success and systems and strategies and culture and leads and lead conversion. And I became crazy, right? Obsessive. And with that, we organically launched a podcast in 15, the team building podcast. 
And my reasoning was I was unhappy with the questions people were asking their guests on podcasts because those questions weren't pertinent to me. Because a lot of the real estate podcasts that existed were teaching people how to have active roles. I wanted to hear people talk about how to have passive roles in real estate. And so the thing that kind of started shaking stuff up was I started going in front of audiences and saying, my goal today is for all of you to quit being a real estate agent and start building a real estate business that can grow without you being necessary. Who in the audience would like that? Show of hands. And 90% of people raise their hand. The other 10% of the people that like selling real estate. And there's no problem with that if you like selling real estate. I didn't like selling real estate. I liked making money. <laughs> So that turned into us launching a coaching company. So on the heels of your question about our upcoming event, what we wanted with the podcast was to be able to interview top people, including yourself, Brian, thought leaders, industry leaders, broker owners, and team leaders, so that we could identify what are the best practices today that apply to us. And we will implement in our backyard that's in Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm sure other people would love to listen to these conversations like the one today and apply right. those strategies in their backyard. And it's complete abundance. I don't care if my own competition in my own city takes these ideas and runs with them. Go do it. Because I know how much time and energy it takes to get to this point. So I'm not worried. Is someone else going to do it? If they do, good for them. They should do it. Why would you not do it? We were the fastest growing team in the world. Like, why would you not follow the system? So with that, we launched a coaching arm. And with that coaching arm, we started to discover that people wanted to come hang out with us. They wanted to be coached by us. They wanted to come to events. They wanted to be trained. And so four years ago, we launched uh, an event that's once a year, it's the one of a kind called the Team Building Summit. And the idea was to bring together thought leaders, broker owners, and team leaders from across the country for two full days in downtown Omaha, Nebraska, when the weather's nice, the city's sexy and alive, and talk about real estate, talk about ancillaries, mortgage, title, insurance, JVs, CSU products, how the industry is changing, what's changing. Like I just read an article yesterday that rents in just Omaha, Nebraska are up 9%. Some places are up almost 30% on single family. And so this conference was intended. It's not a coaching conference. It's taking thought leaders and implementers and people from across the industry and putting them on a stage for 45 minutes. And we are going to have Brian and his wife Spring come and speak this year. They have an amazing session planned for us. You want to talk a little bit about what you're going to talk about, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're super excited to be there. You know, Jeff, we came out to your event. I want to say it was three years ago for the first time. Spring, CISU was just launching. Spring was, I think, doing around 200, 150, 200 transactions a year or something like that. And, you know, now CISU is, has 2,800 teams and Spring has, uh, she's doing a thousand transactions. So Jeez. You know, how did we get from there to here in three <laughs> years? That's, that's what we're going to talk about. Absolutely. And, and you guys have done amazing things. And I love seeing that scalability. And for someone that doesn't want to have to scale in numbers, I know a lot of people that talk teams think to grow, you have to add agents or you have to add listings. There's a lot of other things you can do to change. The goal for some isn't to make more money. Some is to get more life back. And there might be a tiny little shift in what Brian has to share at the event that includes implementing CSU and different strategies around CSU that could allow you to have a two-person, three-person team. You don't need to have a mega team and make more money, less time, less energy, maybe work half the amount of time and make twice as much money. And a lot of people say, yeah, that's what I want. I don't want to have a hundred agents I'm babysitting because scaling's not easy. It's hard work. It's, it's, you break stuff. The only way yeah. to grow is to break stuff, fail forward. And so I think the event also represents this opportunity for people to be a little bit more introspective and ask themselves, what do they want to be when they grow up and what changes need to take place in the next 12 months to five years to be able to become something new. Um, on the top right corner of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book that Gary Keller wrote over 10 years ago, it says it's not about the money, it's about being the best that you can be. And I've actually challenged Gary on the word being because semantically, 
that is just an, an existence. It's not a word that describes someone's ability to change. And so I changed it to becoming. It's not about the money. It's about becoming the best you can be. And I have found my greatest pleasure, satisfaction, happiness in the journey of becoming, not in arriving. If you, if one can say that they've arrived in any capacity, that's not the fun. The fun part is as soon as you've arrived, you are done. Like it's, it's over. over. It's over. Yeah. And this I don't think main, anybody wants it to be over. You don't want to arrive. You pass the finish line. What's the next race? You know, David Goggins talks about this. What was the other book? The book winning by Mark Grover that talks all about Jordan yeah. and Kobe. He said, every time that they won a game, true winners, they're, they win a game and they're like, wins the next game. It's like when I get off of a stage or a podcast like this and I'm like, dude, I just freaking crushed it. You're only as good as the last time you showed up. Right. And like the fun is that is presenting the fun is the doing it's the building it's the growing and all of us compare ourselves to somebody else your dad your brother your uncle your friend at the office this guy you grew up with that's a trillionaire. None of that matters all that matters is who are you today versus tomorrow versus yesterday, are you becoming something more. Are you better serving the people that follow you, are you becoming a better version of yourself in every aspect every area. And that's been my mindset and it's interesting that as i've implemented that formula in my life. It has impacted other people, thankfully. Mm -hmm. The changes yeah. I've chosen to make have also affected hot for the positive other people. So the goal of this podcast wasn't to just promote the event, but of course we do want to invite anyone listening to come check it out. We have a special code, Brian haggled with us. So got you guys $100 off. Um, we're break even on events. A lot of people don't know that. I know, Brian, you know this as well, but most of the time yeah. people lose 50 to 100,000 hosting events. Our goals break even with our sponsors and CS who did cho choose to sponsor this event. We are very grateful for that. So they'll be there. But the cost is normally $397 with $100 off. It makes it $297. So just use discount code podcast. Since that's where you heard about this, just put in P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and it'll give you guys $100 off if you want to come hang out. It's June 1st through the 3rd, and you can find more information about it at Grow with ERS or the teambuildingsummit.com. Okay. And one thing I want to add to that, Jeff, I know just from being to this event a couple of times, you are not just focused on how you build a real estate team. This is like how do you do whatever you want to do as far as building any business and, you know, getting your 100%. life? hundred percent. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. Uh, people say they feel like they're drinking from a fire hose and the goal is to truly inundate everyone with so much information that they're like, how am I going to implement this over the next couple of months? And you're not, this is a, it's a lifetime, right? That's why I talked about the race. There's no finish line. And so we invite everyone to participate in our coaching product, which is $9.97 a month. We give you a special six month discount. That's 50% off for the first six months. If you come to the event, the test out elite real estate systems coaching product, but we coach teams. Uh, the thing that's really unique, and I didn't even share this with you offline, Brian, but we've started coaching brokers that own mortgage brokerages, insurance agencies, title companies, real estate companies, marketing companies, and investment companies. So we have a product that's every cool. week, the CEO of each of those businesses that are all located in my office here in Omaha that I'm in right now, do a coaching call for 500 bucks a month. So a mortgage person joins that all the agents, title, insurance, all the other companies get access. A realtor joins, all their ancillaries get access. And so to your point, it really isn't just about, oh, how are you going to go sell more homes or recruit more agents? While it is that, it's also what's the next step from a perspective of a person that did it. So there's so many people out there that claim they know how to do something. And I'll ask them, tell me about the team you exited. How many agents were there? How much revenue did you generate? What ancillaries did you own? And there's a lot of coaches. I would say 99% of them in the country today that have done none of the things that they're teaching people. Yeah. So that's like a Navy SEAL, someone that claims to be a Navy SEAL that went into battle that never went into battle. And I'm seeing that more times than not. So I think one of our claims to fame is the fact that we're not only did we do all these things, we are currently doing them. So when we launched KW with 30 agents, I said, we're now up to 150. We were at about 
650, 700 transactions a year. Uh, last year, we did over 2,000. We had about $500 million in sales and we're growing. We think that we'll hit over a billion this year in 2022. And no one needs to grow at that rate. But the fact that we're growing like that amidst all the stuff going on right now, I think is a testament to the fact that we are using systems and strategies that work and systems and strategies that have proven work in other markets as well. So go check out uh, the teambuildingsummit.com. Use discount code podcast. Go listen to Brian speak. He's going to do an awesome job. I'll be on stage as well. Everyone speaks quick. It's like 30 to 45 minute sessions all day long. We do uh, stuff at night too. The event includes breakfast, lunch, some snacks at dinner, drinks. We do a silent disco. It's a fun time. Yeah. Brian can contest. Yeah. Outside of the event is like just as good as during the event, I feel like. Well, I think with any event, Jeff, I mean, part of going to an event is getting to know people like you and, you know, spending time and just that that's where the real learning happens, in my opinion, even though there's a tremendous amount of learning going on during the day there. So you yeah. just mentioned that you're at 2 billion uh, or you expect to hit two, uh, to 1 billion. We to think to 1 year. billion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is, we're that, half is, the that, bill. is that real estate, just real estate closed transactions we're talking about when you say that's that? what I'm speaking of for yeah. the audience. I think that's probably here today, but yeah. yeah, as far as overall revenue is concerned, we're in, we did about $25 million in revenue last year, gross revenue across all the businesses. So yeah, there, so, there's so uh, much opportunity. It's, it's nuts right now. So that's what I wanted to point out. I mean, you're also closing as you're closing, let's just say you're closing a billion in real estate. I don't know what that would equate to that you're closing in mortgage and title, but it's up there. Right. And then you're yeah. creating this recurring revenue stream with insurance. And it's so, insane. So anyway, yeah, the, and these are all the things we talk about. And like a lot of yeah. people don't know, I'll give a few teasers in each industry if you want. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. I just read this morning on Inman, and Gary Keller is actually getting attacked for this, oh, yeah. but just people trying to take away buyer commissions. 100%. And, and so you have to be doing this kind of stuff to protect yourself in the future. Yeah. And I think the first thing we started talking about, which I did back in 2015 was building an investment company parallel to our real estate company. And I started teaching investment teams how to build real estate companies parallel to their investment teams. They're the same thing. You prospect for investment leads. You put an acquisition manager there. You have a disposition manager, meaning you have a buyer's agent that buys it. You have a selling agent that sells it. You have a team that goes and fixes it up like a stager. It's the same exact business model, but the product is different. The type of products you call your avatar that you want to invest in. So first and foremost, talking about passive, if you are in an active role today of selling real estate, you always should have an investor hat on. We'll teach you how to do that at our event. We teach people how to invest. On the insurance side, you have all these clients that are buying homes that need property casualty insurance. They don't know that using a captive company is going to charge them an extra 15 or 20% and that they could save a ton of money at an independent company that shops 20 different insurance products. What we also don't know, including the people listening, is that wherever you write your insurance policy, they're netting around $500 a year off of you netting $500 a year every time you renew. So now add up every buy side transaction you've ever done. We're closing 60% of our buy side transactions into our insurance products. So we closed a thousand buyers last year, 600 contracts went to our title company. So take 600 times $500 and that money will reoccur at a 98% reoccur rate year after year. And every year I'm going to add another 600 people and then 600 people and 600 people. And that's just Omaha. And we're going to be in hundred cities over the next five years. And so that, that business takes time to grow, but ultimately that is the business that's going to feed you for the rest of your life, right? I mean, 100%. And there's an exit play too. All these businesses right now are worth 10X multipliers. Yeah. So 
take the net and they're worth 10 times that. So you start building these businesses out. Once they get to a certain level, they hit economies of scale and they're worth so much money. There's large institutional money that wants it. So if you're an yeah. individual agent out there like, hey, how do I win? There's three ways of winning. One is vendor relationships. So if you don't have enough deals right now to justify building your own mortgage title or insurance investment company, that's fine. Go get a vendor partnership where they pay you hundred bucks a month and you can use that. That can be net profit. You can be their marketing arm. Second is um, strategic partnerships. No longer are they called MSAs. Strategic partnership is where you partner with someone else and you go pay for sync leads or boomtown leads or Zillow leads. And they have access to all the leads. You have access to all the leads, but you're ultimately a glorified scrubber. You're going to put people under contract and then hopefully those people choose to use your partner's deals. And we've generated 12 grand a month for the last 10 years through strategic partnerships. We've generated over a million visitors to our website, kwelite.com in the last 10 years, a hundred thousand registered leads off of that million dollars of visits and 2,500 closed sales, $17 million in gross commission of which I kept 50%. So I know there's lots of numbers there. Hit rewind, listen to it again, but a million visits, 100,000 leads, 2,500 closings, 2.5%, 17 million in revenue and a 50% net take home for me following the strategies we're going to teach at the event, the Team Building Summit event. Yeah. And to, to your point, Jeff, I think that's something that most people in real estate don't really think about, but there is an exit opportunity there. Spring and I have a good friend that just sold his title business for, I don't know what the exact number was, but I know it was in excess of $20 million. Mm -hmm. So do you, you know, know what the multiplier was? Do you remember him saying it or her? I'm not exactly sure. No, I'm hearing five X to 10 on title. And when I got into title in 15, people talk one, two X, maybe something like that. So yeah. the evolution of ownership, you guys, is vendor relationships when you're small to strategic partnerships as you start to grow to joint ventures where you have maybe 1% ownership in something to a 99 to 100% of ownership in something, depending on how you structure things. And so I today own all the ancillaries, but I don't have 100% because I have strategic partners that also have ownership. All of this, of course, we've gotten approved in our state. We've gotten approved nationally. We have a RESPA attorney that works for us that charges $1,000 an hour and make sure that everything's legal. And disclose, disclose, disclose is the trick. So we have affiliated business arrangement disclosures um, where people obviously know that we have ownership in all these things and are making money in all these different ways. When do you guys disclose that, Jeff? Point of sale. So part of Point the purchase of agreement they would be, we would share with them a document, it's a one page document, and they would go through and see, okay, they have ownership in all these companies. You have to disclose the amount of ownership you have and then what that company typically charges. So everybody knows I have ownership in each of those entities. And um, that's how we keep ourselves out of real estate jail. Yeah, great. Okay, so uh, we don't have a lot of time left. So I wanna, I wanna switch gears here, Jeff. You, I consider you a visionary as well in this industry. So I wanna know what your thoughts are. Where's the industry going? Like you're out looking and always trying to figure out, okay, what, mm -hmm. where do I need to pivot? Where do I go? What's happening? Mm -hmm. I'd like to get your take on the next five years. Yeah, residential real estate. Uh, we think we'll see it ever changing. Technology will continue to be adopted. So the big war today is who is the fiduciary? Who represents the client? Today, it's the residential agent, the independent contractor who has a real estate license. They represent the client, but the client more and more and more is using technology. And so at what point is that residential agent no longer necessary, but the state's laws will require that there is a fiduciary as part of the transaction. So if you're a company like Zillow, who generates the lead, scrubs the lead, puts the lead in contact with an agent, can possibly facilitate access to the house by the homeowner giving permission and or putting the Zillow lockbox on, Zillow can even buy the house from the seller. Like at what point does the big tech company, and we'll use Zillow as the example, need a realtor just because there's a state law. 
So this is the scary question for those listening. How many realtors do you know in your city that would take $100 to go show a house right now? 100 bucks to show a house. Everyone's thinking, yeah, oh, I know someone could take $100, $100 to show a house. Well, why couldn't Zillow do everything I just said, get the agent to go show the house? It could almost work like Uber. Like they put out a bat signal and say, hey, this person wants to see a house right now. Who can go? Someone hits, I want to go. Here's about, here's their 100 bucks. So now they've covered the fiduciary. They have a fit person who works at a real estate brokerage. Maybe it'll be Zillow, but maybe they're at another independent who cares. They're getting their hundred bucks to open a door. What has to be done by the fiduciary and what can be done by somebody in the Philippines? And that's going to be where the rubber meets the road, because I believe the future is that the person that controls the data, this isn't just real estate. This is every industry. The person that controls the data, the person that controls the leads, the person that's created the systems, the person that create, you know, controls the technology, they control everything. And so what's the agent to expect for their future? What do they have to look forward to? I don't think they look, they get to look forward to more commission. I think their commission goes down. I think there will be people that will pay a higher commission but it's going to be a niche market. It's going to be somebody looking for a golf course condo in Scottsdale or a vacation home in St. Pete's in Florida um, or a luxury property in Omaha, Nebraska. So like you'll pay somebody, yeah. but it has to be a niche. The traditional deal will be done using, I call tech agents, um, big tech companies. And so the way that you, you um, pid, uh, pivot to protect yourself or hedge against this being a probable future, which I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, it's okay. My advice is going to be a win, no matter if I'm right or wrong in terms of what happens with commission. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is have ownership of the ancillary businesses that go along with the real estate transaction. Because if you can make money, like we talked about earlier on the insurance, and then at point of sale on title, and then on the refi, if they go to refinance and rates come back down super low, which rates are still arguably super low compared to when I first got into business or in the late eighties, when my parents bought their first house. And so there's a lot to say there, and I know nobody knows, but my guess would be out of the 3 million agents today, there will be 10% of those that are licensed, called 300,000 agents. And out of the 300,000 agents, this is in five years, out of the 300,000 agents standing, 50% will work for tech companies and just get paid $1,000 a house or $100 a showing, or it'll be some model like that, more of the Redfin model, base salary and no real bonus. The other 50% will be niche agents. And the way you survive if you're a broker listening is you do both. And you let the consumer pick based on the value they want because everybody wants different things, just like agents come onto a, a real estate company and they want different things. So we're working on being the first domino that allows agents to hang their license at our brokerage for free. We make nothing off of the agent being at our office, but we encourage the agent to promote our ancillary businesses. And so our win isn't the com company dollar in Keller Williams vernacular. Our win isn't keeping a tiny little percentage of the commission. Our win is the, the buyers and or sellers probably use possibly using our mortgage title insurance, investment, property management, development, new construction, all the other things that we can sell to them at point of sale and after point of sale. And so as far as hedging and protecting, be a part of the at point and after point of sale transactions and the things that can take place. So like there's companies out there. One source is a great company. We work with them. It's a concierge service where when your buyer purchases a house, sorry, I should say when a seller moves from house A to a house B, one source helps them move all their utilities. And then they get compensated if somebody moves to house B and they get Dish Network, one source gets paid a commission. If they get ADT security, one source gets a commission. Well, one source can sell anything you know, at that point and then can follow up at any point. And they do a rev share with the company that refers one source to the client. So Jeff, thanks for teeing that up because Sisu actually just rolled that out as part of our client portal. So 
Love it. Uh, With anyway, one source? Another place you guys can get that. Yes, absolutely. What? That's yeah. crazy. That was totally yeah. organic too. So that was yeah. perfect timing. Huh? Yeah. And one, one source will be at the event, by the way, and speaking. Okay. So yeah, they're going to be at Summit. That's crazy. Small world. And they do, they are so good. They, they do such a great job. So you talk about the future. I don't know what it is, but what I said was if I'm wrong, let's say commissions stay the same or they go up. And I just recommended to get into all the ancillary businesses, all the parallel businesses at point of sale and after point of sale, and you get to make an extra 7%, you're welcome. Like, yeah. there's a, you only win and the consumer wins. And this is what people don't get. Like the agent gets to say to their consumer, here's the dialogue. When someone says, well, Jeff, why would they use the company's, you know, ancillary and not their best friend or a company they already own? We're just here as a second option to make sure that your first option is being honest. So in our office right now in Omaha, it's a factory. It's an assembly line. You, you go down a hallway, super high-tech hallway, and you have your mortgage company, your title company, your insurance company, your development company, your investment company, your, your, your uh, transaction coordination team, all in one place. So that the first time a buyer or a mortgage person or a title person or insurance lead, any of these other ancillary businesses, they come to the office, the person leading them down the hallway says, this is this person, this is this person, this is this person. Mr. or Mrs. Potential Client, we know you already have companies you work with, and that's great. We're here to provide you a second option to make sure that the first one's staying, keeping honest. We're holding that first entity honest by giving you a second option. Do you have one minute for us to run your numbers? Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Well, hey, we're independent. We can do better. No one can beat us because we have better products. We offer better coverage. And for less a price, most people are going to convert over to us. So Jeff, I know you're at a hard stop. I have one last question for you in these last two minutes. If I'm out there listening to this podcast right now, from what I know about most team owners, especially smaller team owners, I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to do this? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. how do I build all these different businesses? Amen. Where do to I anyone, start? Yeah. What do I? So I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, when you, we spoke last, you were really focused in on part of what you're doing with these expansion teams is you are providing all of these services to these yeah. team owners. People simply haven't created a space in their world to put time into this. This is all I've done since 2014. So I quit selling in 14. I've spent seven years of my life figuring out how to build businesses that can go to all 50 states that can partner out of a box with an already existing company that doesn't have to do anything more. So our partner keeps, it's negotiable, but around 40% ownership. So let's say you launched an insurance company in Montana. You'd keep 40% ownership of the portfolio, 40% ownership of all the revenue, and we would do all the work. Now, in every state has different rules, but we'd get licensed in your state. We're already licensed in a lot of states, but we, if we're not, we'd get licensed in yours. Some states require boots on the ground, some don't. Some require a physical office, some don't. So we'd simply do our due diligence, figure out what's necessary to partner with you. The challenge is there's economies of scale. So if you're not doing 500 buy sides a year, we're not going to talk to you. And not because you're not valuable, you are valuable, but not to us because you haven't hit your economies of scale. The way that people overcome that is that if you get a group of people together that will do 500 transactions, we can partner with you. And it can be a cross brokerage brand. We don't care. If you can get yeah. 500 buyers a year under contract, we know that based on 500 buy sides, we're going to convert a certain number of them. And the magic is in giving us a, the ability to reach out to a client after they've gone under contract. We don't rely on the agent sending us a referral. We just go straight to their database. So we would use their CSU platform if they're in the CSU world. The day it goes under contract, we're reaching out to Jane Doe and saying, hey, Jane, we understand Brian Charles, let's just put you under contract at 123 Main Street. Congratulations. Super excited. Brian had mentioned he wanted us to give you a quick call just to make sure you have the best rate when it comes to home and auto insurance. Can I take two or three minutes of your time to capture information and give you a quick quote? We know you already use State Farm. That's totally fine. We just want to make sure that's the best product for you. Yes, that would be wonderful. I mean, who says no to that? We're just going to keep your original company honest. Like, yeah, we want to see that. So with that dialogue and that system on every one of our closings, which we average 100 closings a month, we close 60%. 
Okay. That's across nine offices. And, and that's pretty fascinating. You close 60%. That is your lead on that, Jeff, is home insurance? Every business entity promotes their products differently. The, so they're the going to get a call from each of those business entities. Or a text or an email, or it'll just be in the purchase agreement. Okay. The, the magic of getting agents to support businesses is just building it into your dot loop or DocuSign purchase agreement as the selected box as the default. And then the second option is other. And most agents are so lazy that they don't even click the other and write something in. They'd just rather take the default. Okay. <laughs> I mean, people make it so difficult to, to cross sell ancillary and it's not that hard. There's just two main rules. One, the agent has to win and the consumer has to win. If it's yep. a value to the agent, a value to the consumer, then it's a value to us and everybody's a win-win-win. So when you build these opportunities out, make sure there's a win for the agent. And those that can look a lot of different ways. Make sure you do it legal, uh, ethical, et cetera. And then make sure there's a win for the client. If the client's making more money, less time, less energy, it's a win. Agents making more money, less time, less energy, it's a win. Where Gary, I think, has put himself into some trouble. And I don't know if this is specific to the article you just saw. I saw one release yesterday. They're doing kickbacks to the buyer. So their mortgage company is saying, hey, if you buy a house over 150,000, that might not be exact, but they're saying to the buyer, if you put, buy a house over 150 and use our mortgage company, Keller Williams, we're going to give the buyer 1500 bucks at closing. And the idea behind that was to protect the agent's commission. Because if the agent is making 3% and the, the market's saying, hey, no, 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 we only want the agent to make 2%, the buyer's agent can say, well, no, my fee is 3%. Right. But the way I'm going to help you get that money back is if you use my mortgage company, they're going to give you money at closing. And so that battle's happening right now to establish, is that allowed? Is it not allowed? There's always going to be battles. Laws go into play because people go into a gray area. And anytime you're in a gray area, they have to establish, is that, is that black or is that red? Is that allowed? Is that not allowed? And then you shift and you create a new gray area and then a new gray area. And it's not to be shifty. We're doing this to create value for the consumer so that there's not monopolies of people saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Why can't I do that? So the future agent is called an agent advisor. I believe that they're going to act more like a house advisor about everything about the home, you know, like one source kind of does the utilities, the agent's going to facilitate the house advising role, stager, pictures, marketing, post-sale would be, you know, who, what utilities are you using? Um, it's not just going to be go open a door for someone. It needs to be more than that. It's always needed to be more than that. Yeah. And I mean, and the great thing about that is then you, like you said, you're about providing a better experience. You control the experience from beginning to end. And hundred percent you can make sure the client has a better experience. And then so they, they stay in your world forever. The board, they're coming to you. The so. magic is they stay in it forever. So think of it being an agent. I got to close on this, but where you reach out once a year, or once a quarter and check in with Jane Doe and say, Hey, just want to make sure your house is good. How's the insurance working out? Have, you know, what's your interest rate th these days? Cause did you notice rates drop? Who did you end up using for cable? I heard uh, YouTube TV is way cheaper right now. Every year you can essentially run and do an audit. And of course it can be a third party company, which is what we would do through our call center, but they can run an audit. And now you're the point of contact with someone who knows you, likes you, trust you to make sure they're getting all the best stuff. And when they think about switching any of those things, they go to their agent advisor right. who represents all of that. That's the future agent. If you want to survive, you can't just be the person that opens the door because somebody's going to do that for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that being said, Jeff, I'm going to cut you off because I know you have a hard stop. I do. My friend. So Appreciate anyway, you, uh, thanks for joining today. Love hearing from you. Great connecting with you again. And I'm going to see you at the summit. I will yeah, be we'll there. See, see uh, a couple weeks. Hope to see second, some right? first through the third. Hope to see the fourth. audience. Yeah. Go check out the teambuildingsummit.com. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, like what you heard today, go to at Jeff M. Cohn, C-O-H-N. And then we also have a podcast as well, which I'm going to have Brian on next week called the Team Building Podcast. If you search Team Building on any podcast app, it'll pop up first couple.
All right. That's awesome. You guys need to check that out. And Jeff, thanks for being on the show. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.